It's the Ag Ship Podcast. I'm Patrick Mayhorn, creator of the Ag Ship. It's a credentialed newsletter covering Utah State football, men's and women's basketball, and Olympic sports. You can subscribe and read all of the written content at www.theagship.com. Uh, subscription is there's a free tier, there's a $6 tier a month, and there's a $10 tier a month. Uh, $10 tier gets you the film stories and the monthly Q&A. Uh, if you have questions for that, I sent out the email calling for those questions. Feel free to send those in. We will get to those sometime probably this week. Um, so uh, send those in. If you have interest in something like that, in a monthly Q&A show, in the film stories, uh, subscribe at the $10 tier. I will, uh, I'll tease. I have a basketball film review coming here within... Uh, sometime <laughs> in the next couple of days when I have the minute to do that. Uh, a lot going on right now with uh, with Utah State Athletics, as we're going to talk about here. But uh, basketball film story coming soon. Uh, subscribe at www.theagship.com. I am joined, as always, by co-host Parker Ballantyne. Parker, what's up, man? Patrick, how's it going? We said we would never do it again. Yeah. And yet here we are. <laughs> It's another it's another edition of Patrick and Parker after dark. Oh yeah. And we unfortunately have a lot more to get to this time than uh, we did last time. Yeah. So this, last, this is going to be it's going to be a ride. Yeah. I'm stoked. I, if I remember right last time was when we spent like 40 minutes talking about Ike Larson. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, well Pick, yeah, well, which which show? I mean, we do yeah. that almost every show. And it's um, not going to be, folks, I'm going to give you a preview here. Probably not going to be very different this time around. A lot of Ike <laughs> yeah, stuff to talk say, about. <laughs> from if this you week's... don't want to talk about yeah. Ike Larson, uh, Sorry. <laughs> this is the wrong show, and this is certainly the wrong episode because yeah. uh, he, he, of course, inserted himself into this uh, football game at San Diego State. But yeah, uh, but yeah it's, it's, another, it's another late night recording. We will be... Uh, as on task and mm-hmm. on topic as we can, uh-huh. uh, which is, um, if you've gotten this far into the season and you're still riding with the ag ship, you know, yeah, you know just about how you on know, topic yeah. it will be. So you know, <laughs> buckle up, it's you, it's a good one. You know what you're getting, and it's going to be, I'm <laughs> sure, especially good now that we have not one sport to really focus on. But uh, I'm looking at the doc here. We have five discrete sports to focus on for this week's episode. Yes. Yes. Oh boy, it has been a busy couple of days. It has been a busy couple of days in Logan, and what better place to start than with the champs? And there are two of them. We've got two conference champions in Logan right now. Um, well, for now. For now, yeah. Could be <laughs> could be more on deck. Could be more currently on campus that we just don't know about yet. True. Um, but uh, for now, there are two for this season. Uh, coming within just days of each other, the first being soccer, which um, really just tore its way through the Mountain West, uh, the Mountain West tournament, won its first round game. I think we talked about that on the last show, and then on Saturday afternoon, um, went to uh, was in Laramie and and took down Colorado State, won nothing, wins the Mountain West for the first time in program history, earns an NCAA tournament bid for the first time since 2012 and will play a very familiar foe in the first round of that NCAA tournament on Friday at 6 p.m. That would be BYU in Provo. Um, familiar not just for, you know, the <laughs> the long-standing rivalry between the two programs, but because Utah State beat BYU earlier this season when BYU was the number one team in the country, Utah State welcomed them to Logan and then promptly sent them home without a win. Um, and so it will be a uh, it will be a rematch of that game in the NCAA tournament. I have seen 
people, I, I, I have seen people running the gamut of emotions with regards to this specific yes, selection. That's a um, fair statement. Which uh, I, I can understand uh, all, all sides of it, upset about having to get a rematch in the first round, wanting to see something, something new, wanting to play a different team. Um, it does seem like, especially in the Olympic sports, when Utah State makes a tournament, they <laughs> an un an untenable number of those matchups in the first round come against Utah or BYU. Um, like a lot, it happens a lot. It has happened to I think the soccer team before. Um, it's just it it's a <clears throat> the the NCAA does that usually for for uh, uh, money saving, uh, measures for, for the sake of travel. Um, I would imagine it's probably very annoying for the Utah state Olympic coaches that this, that this happens so frequently, but it will be the case for soccer. They will get the chance to double up against BYU and, uh, claim, uh, if they could, if they could find a win, I think, I believe it would be the first NCAA tournament win in program history. They've been setting all sorts of, uh, first time in program history records in the last couple weeks and uh, they'll have a chance to do it again. Soccer team is awesome. They're, they're they are they are uh, they're fantastic. They were fantastic in the tournament and the championship game. They found their way as they have so often this season. Um, and uh, they get it done. They 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 walk into the tournament and they leave with a with a title. Yeah, and and they did that that championship game in a very Utah State way. Yeah. Uh, we talked after that first game where it was just a one nil win with a just stout very impressive defensive performance that's what that you know that's what this was again uh utah state is very very hard to score on and i know uh, i think we've kind of talked about it like yeah sometimes you just feel like that's what happens in soccer and it's always you know it's a low scoring game and that's true um but this utah state team is particularly hard to score and they are very very good uh that was on full display throughout the entire season and certainly in this tournament um, and heading down to Provo, hopefully, uh, hopefully continues. I definitely, I'm with you. I see both sides of kind of the, uh, the emotional gambit there. I feel the frustration, but it's also, I mean, it's also, it's right there. It's in Provo. I know there's yeah not very many good reasons to go to Provo, but if there's one, this is it. Yeah. Um, this is, this is a game that is very easy to get to, particularly for the IDs on the Wasatch front of which there are many mm-hmm. um i'd love to see uh i'd love to see the correct color of blue really flood that stadium down there but um but yeah what, what are your thoughts on on getting drawing that byu in the first round i know you mentioned it it does happen all yeah. the time i've been it doing does. yeah you know i'm on the women's basketball beat this year and we've you know the women's basketball team has played in the nit twice they've never played in the ncaa tournament uh, nit twice and in both times we met we met byu or utah yeah and that's just what you know they they yeah. set that up to you know Believe it or not, they don't set it up to drive us crazy. They set yeah. it up to save money, <laughs> uh, which which can drive us crazy. But uh, what are what are your thoughts on getting that draw? Do you think uh, how how's that matchup look round two? Well, I there are you know there there's the side to it of oh well BYU is going to come in extra motivated to try and avenge that loss, which like it's the NCAA tournament. I don't really know that you would. If you need extra motivation in the NCAA tournament, you shouldn't be there. Um, right. Just yeah. in general, you, you there's no alternative you don't just oh well we, we lost this one but we'll get the next one like there's not a next one you there the motivation is that if you don't win you are done you don't get to play anymore um yeah i think that's plenty <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that you need to add <laughs> yeah. anything yeah. that should be that should be more than enough um, yeah and for many of these girls it's like you don't play ev- yeah, ever that's, again. This like is it's it. yeah this like it's not just yeah it's not even 
a long off season, you're done. You're, you're done. You're moving on to a corporate life. You yeah. know? So this is, this is it. Yeah. You've, you've got your degree. Your time is, is complete. You are not, there's not really, right. there's a very small pro league and that's your motivation. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. probably not going there. And so you have a chance to play with your team and, and maybe win a championship. BYU is a very high seed. Is it a one seed? I think it, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, um, it is. So, so favorable, obviously for the Cougars. Yeah. Um, and, and so that is, you know, you could, you can say that and, and, you know, you could say, well, you know, BYU will know what to expect. I don't know that that's fully true because I do think Utah State has improved pretty significantly since winning that game, which is funny to say, given that BYU was the number right. one team in the country. Right. Um, but I, they have. Um, on the other side of that, uh, and, and I think that this is where I fall down, fall fall with it more than the first side. Um, if you are a, a you know a pretty significant underdog in a first round matchup against a number one seed, and you have already beaten them once that season, you are not anywhere near as afraid of them as you would be with any other one seed on the planet that you could possibly draw. Right. Uh, yeah. You've already you already beat them. <laughs> it's not they're not the big scary you know oh they they're 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 so dominant nobody can touch them like you did you already touched them so you, it's for not reference the other one seed in this tournament is Florida State yeah which is a very far distance away it's in a power conference and they are sixteen zero and one yeah that's scary and it's an unfamiliar scary so for yes. context that's what that's what's on the other side of the bracket yeah whereas BYU you've played them you beat them. It's it's not even like oh well we got we yeah. saw them the first time and you know we played them close and we know we can do that again like no you beat them you beat them you beat them straight up you, you beat BYU them. is sixteen two and three yeah you're one of those two yeah you were so you did that you did and that. so yeah. I I think that honestly I think it probably does benefit Utah State more than it benefits BYU for purely for the sake of a lot of the times in in tournament play in NCAA tournament play and and. Men's basketball, women's basketball would be the the most you know familiar examples for people. But this is, uh, this is true of of pretty much all of them. A lot of the times when you are a, a you know a team playing against a one seed in the first round, when you are not really considered a uh, you know a likely <laughs> a likely team to make a big run, you will lose before you take the field. Um, it, right. it, it is a it is a mental thing. It is not just that you are you know uh, th- th- that they are this this big, you know unbeatable team. Which it is partially that it is partially that those teams are really good. But it is also that you have that that imagination of them, and you see this a lot in in you know the basketball tournaments. You'll see a 16 seed show up and just not really. It is like they're trying to play a different sport that isn't basketball, and they don't do what yeah. they do. They do just they're scared. They're not. They don't know what to expect, and they know that the team that they're playing is really good. And, right. It's like when you see in the Olympics, um, yeah. after after a Team USA game, they're asking for LeBron's autograph. Yeah. You yeah, know they they put him on that pedestal, and yeah. it's the same thing in in you know college tournaments like this. Like yeah. You You've view already those lost. schools as yeah. yeah exactly yeah if you if you are going to be doing that after the game you have already lost because you are you have put yeah you've put them on a pedestal whereas Utah State really has no reason to do that with BYU because it already beat BYU it's not 
they they don't have to say, well, we can go and do this. We can say, well, we have done this. <laughs> it's, it's sort of right. it's a very interesting dynamic. I'm fascinated to see how the game goes. Um, that game is again Friday at 6 p.m. for those interested, which should be everybody. If you are a Utah State fan, you should watch the Aggies play. Um, it was uh, it was really cool in the uh, the spectrum last night to see them. Uh, recognized at halftime uh, on the court, and to see the the full yeah. arena standing ovation, I really liked that. Um, in in a game and in at a night that was a very very loud night, yeah, that was one of the louder moments. Yeah, um, and that was very cool. They they very much deserved that. And, and going back to this matchup, uh, just real quick, I can <clears throat> I will say for those of you that might be tempted to think oh just because utah state has beat byu in the past um they you know will the aggies overlook the cougars i can (laughs) promise you manny martins and this team is not looking overlooking anybody (laughs) um particularly not a a onesie you you don't overlook a onesie you don't you don't roll your eyes and think oh we beat them once we can do it again yeah um that's That's, certainly part of the mindset that's um, also but it's not yeah that's not a foregone conclusion you, you got a game to play so yeah that's also just i would say not really a concern with this specific utah state soccer team because if no. they did that they would lose they would lose every game that they play yeah. <laughs> it is not really yeah. this is not really a team that can take lightly any opponent because they uh they got to be pretty locked in to to win the way that they do and they have been uh reliably it is not really they're not going to come out and out talent very many teams that they're that they're playing against it's it's a it's a yep. it's a very focused very effort driven system that they've got going on and they're really good at it but you got to be locked in to do that um yep. the, the other olympic champion here is uh we mentioned this on the last show uh, as as they had secured at least a a part of the championship um they are now outright champions. That would be the volleyball team with a 3-1 win over Boise State. I believe they dropped the first set and then did not drop any more sets. Uh, it is the third straight Mountain West regular season championship for Rob Nielsen and the Aggies. Um, and I would uh, I would guess that uh, <laughs> postseason play probably looking pretty good for them right now because they are very, very, very clearly the best team in the Mountain West for the third straight season. Yeah, I, this was awesome. I actually, I finally made it up to a volleyball game. I hadn't been to one all, all year long. Um, Super disappointing, Uh, you know, disappointed myself for not getting out there, but I finally made it up to Club Estes and this was awesome. Um, This, it it was such a good environment. I I said something on Twitter um, similar to to what I'm saying now, but it was, I mean, it was a better environment than some uh, football stadiums yeah uh, one that maybe maybe we'll talk about it later on the show maybe it's in san diego maybe utah <laughs> state played there this uh-huh. weekend mm-hmm. um it was a very very good environment it was it was not a <clears throat> it, it wasn't a crowd that was just um you know they were into it they knew what was going on they were tuned in it wasn't just hey there's a championship on the line let's go see what it's about hey these you know three p that sounds fun like these guys were uh the fans were engaged they were uh, they knew what they were doing. They were, they, they love it. And it was super fun. Um, this volleyball team is unbelievable. Yeah. They are very, very good to repeat yeah. anything in the mountain West. I mean, the mountain West is, uh, it's, it's, uh, it gets the most credit I think for men's basketball. It's a very good men's basketball tournament, yeah. but the whole point of this conference is it's a very evenly matched conference, which makes it very tough. Um, and that, that goes pretty much across the board and in most sports, it's, it's, it's pretty even. Uh, there's a lot of parity to win 
anything three times in a row um, is difficult. And yeah. so to, to go on this type of run, especially with the program that it was before, it was um, it was not what it is now. And Rob Nielsen, his, I mean, he's a very, very good coach. He's, yeah. These girls are nasty. Yes, yeah. And, and honestly, um, to, to three-peat and to do it with, I think the, like I would say, and, and there's still games to be played and, and a postseason tournament to be played. And to, to reach what they did last year, they would need to win that postseason tournament and, and, you know, go to the NCAA tournament and maybe make some noise there. Um, but I would say, based on what I've seen so far, they have three-peated here, and I think they have the best team of the three now, which is crazy to do that. That is not usually how that happens. Usually you have your best team first, and then the players kind of stick around, and they've had players stick around from those those first, you know, that first team, but like, the way that he has bolstered this roster, the way that he has built the program up around its success, rather than just continuing to, you know, they, they've got the they've got a core that's just taken them through. Like, they are, I think they're better. I think they are better than they have been, and they've been really good. Um, that is just a, a, a tremendous testament to the job that they're doing with building that that program. They are a they're a wagon. They are just a, they're a wagon. Yeah. I mean, this is a dynasty. When when you three P, you're you're talking about a dynasty. Um, and for context, Utah State men's basketball, which is what I mean, if you, if you know that that's a dynasty. You you look at what they did in the WAC, particularly. They had one three P. Yeah. Uh, they won the uh, regular season champs at least. They won 08, 09, 09, 10, and then 2010, 2010, 2011. Um, you're talking about the volleyball equivalent of the basketball team that had Gary Wilkinson and Ty Wesley. I mean, you're talking about a dynasty basketball team. That's what we're seeing in volleyball. Like getting a three-peat regular season champs is very impressive. These guys are – these girls, they're building a dynasty. That that is big-time stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. They're, They're very good. Yes, they're very, very good. Um, and I would, I would imagine that they are going to continue being good. That would be my guess. That's my official prediction on volleyball. I think they will remain good. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. All right. You want to talk you heard about it here first? Yeah, you were here for breaking news. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about football? Um, yeah, let's. Yeah, let's do it. There was actually also a football game. Um, yes. You know the uh, that okay. revenue sport that apparently <laughs> runs the entire world, football. Um, Utah State does that too. Yep. Um, Yep. No. Yeah. It was, and it was awesome. It was it, anytime we beat San Diego State, it's wonderful. I love beating San Diego State. I love beating them on the road. Um, this is a very lopsided rivalry, uh, and I will call it a rivalry. It's not just like a conference rivalry. It's I think a straight up rivalry. Yeah. Very lopsided. I think it's thirteen and four now coming into the game. Utah State was thirteen and three, uh, yeah. I believe. Um, and I mean, it, it's a, it's a double overtime win, but a win is a win. Yep. And that's, uh, that's Utah state. This, this is a very weird team. Um, I think they have looked better in almost every loss that they've had save San Jose state Mm -hmm. than they have in the wins. They, they win ugly and they lose pretty. Uh, this was an ugly win for sure. Uh, but they got it done and it, it was, it was great. Yeah. That, that is, that is fair. The Colorado state game, I think is the lone, exception to that but like the yukon yeah, colorado state and yeah, the, i guess the the yukon the yukon win was very ugly and the idaho state win is like i mean okay you beat, you beat an fcs team um but uh yeah they they do seem to have a they do seem to like to do that where like they 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 will lose in in spectacular fashion and then they and then they will win 
and you are left with like, oh, okay, <laughs> I guess I guess they won. Yeah. It's it's like it's, <laughs> it's not been yeah, it's not been terribly resounding at times, but a win is a win. A double overtime win is still a win. Thirty-two to twenty-four, Utah State takes it. Um, there's a, there's a decent amount to talk about here. I will say we were talking about this before the show. This was a game where um, there were pretty there were large swaths of this game where very little was happening, um, and that is right. just kind of the nature I think of these teams and where they're at right now. Um, Utah State was able to get it going more in the 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 second half. They you know got two touchdowns on the board. Uh, Could have had a field goal, missed a field goal. Um, but just had a little bit more going in the second half. But like the the drive charts, I think painted out pretty well. Where you have, you know, scoring drives for Utah State: fourteen plays, sixty-eight yards; nine plays, seventy-three yards; seven plays, ninety-two yards. Um, and then you have the the overtime drives that are less significant, but still ended in in touchdowns, just a shorter field. And then pretty much every other drive for Utah State was not really going anywhere. You know, it's it's five yards, 19, 30, negative one, 10. Like it was, it, it was a lot of that. It was a lot of three and out. It was a lot of drives that just didn't really go anywhere. And for San Diego State, it was the same thing. They have a touchdown drive, six plays, yeah. 88 yeah. yards, uh, nine plays, 79, nine plays, 49. And outside of that, nothing uh, i think their longest drive that that didn't end in points was four plays 18 yards um or no yeah. there was there was one eight, eight plays 27 yards that ended on downs um, a whopping 27 yards yeah, yeah. that's not very good <laughs> that's not very good no and, no not at all <laughs> and it it felt like it as you as you know watching the game it's like oh there's there's not there were a, there was a lot of time spent watching this game where I'm like, well, there's really not a whole lot going on out there. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was not the flashiest win in the world, but it's a win for Utah State, and that was what they needed. Yeah, they are they're now four and five on the season, yeah. and are I think back in the position that they need to be going into the last three games, where you can see a path, a very clear path to bowl eligibility. They still have New Mexico, yep. they still have Nevada on the schedule. Boise State as well, which uh, just lost one of its best players to the transfer portal a month before Ooh, the season yeah. ends, which is not usually a great indicator of how things are going. No, um, no. But well, uh, it's a great indicator that things are going poorly. That's fair. It's very yeah. accurate. It's an yeah. accurate indicator. It's an accurate it indicator. Not, not necessarily not a uh, yes. yeah, not a positive one. It's not one that you <laughs> right. want to see. No, yeah. that's not a good omen at all. Um, yep. It'd yeah. Bad omen. Bad yeah. omen. Yeah. And uh, so, so Utah State gets the win. Gets what it needed. Uh, was not pretty. Does not need to be for this team. It's just a matter of putting more wins on the board than it does losses. Um, we're going to talk about the game. First yeah. thing I want to I want to mention here that as I'm as I'm sifting back through the box score, that I just I, I'm going to do a quick podcast uh, fact check on this one because I'm seeing this and it sticks out like a sore thumb. The attendance listed in the box score for this game is twenty three thousand ninety six. Oh. No, it wasn't. Come on. That, that no. <laughs> who are you no. trying? Who are you trying to fool, Aztecs? What do you think? What do you think this is? Do you think that it's just like I'm just looking at the box score? Like, yeah, that sounds about right. Twenty three thousand. No, there wasn't twenty three thousand yeah. people yeah. there. There's never been twenty three thousand people at a San Diego State <laughs> yeah. football game. Are you kidding? Yes, yeah, Snapdragon Stadium is a ghost town. Um, <laughs> if the most notable thing in your box score is the attendance, if that's what people are noticing, you have a bad football team 
yeah. and you have really poor attendance man um and that is that is obvious at this point i think that's that's become like the running joke in the mountain west um it's better to just tell the truth right yeah. like it this is this is kindergarten stuff yeah. like when you getting caught in the lie is worse than than what you did in the first place like San Diego State just needs to report it and just be like, okay, there's five thousand yeah. people here. Yeah, and, and and what they did in the first place was they apparently looked at Colorado State's shiny new stadium that has nobody in it, and they thought that looks awesome. We need to do that. <laughs> we need to put a bunch of money into a big stadium that has nobody in it. Um, yeah, like we want an even bigger and shinier stadium with yeah. nobody in it. Yeah, that'll that'll bring people in. <laughs> that'll show yeah. them. And it, it's it was it's crazy. I mean that yeah. I think that goes to show just kind of what this game is. I mean, their attendance has been poor all year. They, it's a school that struggles with attendance outside of basketball anyway. Um, but it is it is weird. I mean, this game, this was the championship game just two years ago. It was yeah. it was Utah State at San Diego State. Of course, it wasn't in Snapdragon. It was uh, it was in their temporary stadium up near LA. I think I I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but this it was these two teams, and you are dealing with two teams that are an absolute shell of themselves. Um, and that does not help drive attendance when attendance is already very, very low yeah. at San Diego State. Yeah. Um, it was very and, and the game, I mean, watching the game, like you said, it was it was almost boring at times. Like you could tell it was it was sad. It was two it was two boxers that have been retired for years, well beyond <laughs> their primes, trying to stay in the game and get in the ring together. And yeah. it was it was sad to watch at times. Um, but nothing nothing is as sad as the San Diego state attendance. That yeah. is the, that is the most pathetic thing you're, you're going to see. Uh, 23,000. 23, come on, come on. That's you can't say that. That's such a ridiculous number. <laughs> just, just, just go with like, uh, go with like a believable lie. Say it was 15,000. Say just like, like something that could even be within the, the realm of positive 23,000 people. Come on. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> no one believes you. Like, so, okay. Here's some context for you. Mar- uh, Maverick stadium capacity is 25,000. Yeah. So they were, they were saying that they were, basically filling maverick stadium Mm -hmm. no shot way no No. way no it's just not no no. (laughs) this this san diego state team is three and six now there are not twenty three thousand people in san diego going to watch this team play i don't blame (laughs) them come on no and and snapdragon by the way it's it's big it's much bigger than maverick stadium but it only seats thirty five thousand. yeah and so you're telling me that it was 23 of 35 no man no way that is that's really bad that is that it was bad yeah it was very and even at the beginning that the end was i it seemed like it got less throughout the game but it was not it was not well attended no it was not well attended anyway as for the actual football right, game, anyways. Um, I think that, honestly, probably the place to start with this, because like we said, there, was not, there wasn't a ton happening before this. Um, Utah State had a, a, a field goal in the first half on a good drive, 14 plays, 68 yards. It was a good drive, stalled out near the end, and they kicked the field goal. Um, uh, San Diego State had, at this point, they had missed a field goal. They scored a touchdown early on in the second quarter, very early on in the second quarter. 
yeah. technically yep. doesn't doesn't go on the scoreboard in the first quarter, the cumulative yeah. first quarter scoring. So Utah State right. gets out clean uh, from this one in the first quarter, 0-0. Zero, zero. But, but that, uh, that looming first drive of the second quarter, yeah. uh, it, that one gets us. That, that one has, has also, yeah, that one has also stung at times this season the, for Utah The lingering, State. yeah. Yeah, there's still a little bit of first quarter stink on that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was, I mean, that was pretty much what happened in the first half. It was a field goal. It was a, a San Diego, a Utah State field goal and a San Diego State touchdown. And I don't think any of it was particularly worth breaking down because there just wasn't that much going on. Um, the The San Diego State touchdown drive was kind of strange, just meandering and some, some weird big plays that, that otherwise didn't really happen in the game. I think that was the drive with the 62-yard run uh, on, on third and one, the Lucky Sutton run. Which uh, he yeah, he had was... he had uh, he had 86 yards on the day and 62 of them came on one run. That is yeah. a really funny way to get to 7.8 yards per carry. <laughs> um, it works. I mean, it, you can't. I'm not going to fault the Numbers guy. Numbers don't lie. Yeah, yeah. that's 7.8 yards per carry. It come the math does not lie. Technically speaking, that is what he did. He got 62 of them on one play. It counts all the same. Um, but I think the place probably to pick this up is with the uh, ankle injury to starting quarterback uh, uh, for this game, McKay Hillstead, and then the, uh, the the return to the lineup, of course, of Cooper Lega and his performance, which I thought was excellent. And it seems like I'm not the only one to uh, to think so because he's the new starting quarterback. He is the new old starting quarterback, the old new starting quarterback, um, officially official as announced this week on Monday. Uh, by by Blake Anderson, Cooper is back in the starting spot. Uh, McKay is still, it sounds like, dealing with some soreness in that ankle. I don't think that it would make a, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't think it would make a huge difference because Cooper has, I think he's kind of erased the doubt. I, I think that this was one of the best games, honestly, he has played as an Aggie. And the stats are not, you know, huge. It was not really a game for huge stats. He was 11 of 15 passing. 167 yards, two touchdowns. He was sacked three times, um, but he just, uh, other than the sacks, which I don't think are his fault, it's it's the line is still just not very good. Um, the line has, I don't know what's going on with the line. The line has regressed pretty yep, significantly. They've, they've gotten worse. Uh, and I, I think there's some injury stuff that's happening there. You're seeing guys who just aren't really themselves uh, who have been dealing with injuries, but the line is worse now than it was a month ago, and that's not usually the way you want it to go uh, as a football season goes on. They need to find some yeah. fixes there. Um, Especially fresh out of a bye week, you yeah. should be healthier. Yeah, yeah. you should be. But uh, yeah. when when kept upright, Cooper was tremendous and led Utah State to a pair of touchdown drives, uh, put the Aggies up um, it was 17-7 uh, pretty late on in this one. I thought with the second touchdown that made it 17-7, uh, fairly early on in the fourth quarter, I was pretty sure the game was just about over because San Diego State has not shown much of anything offensively to that yeah, point. That's right. Um, and then it wasn't over because uh, some 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 things got weird very quickly. The game got game got kind of out of hand in a way that it was really it was really bizarre because it was the 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 failed punt the the failed fake punt that 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 Ike blew up where. You know San Diego State trying to answer that that touchdown drive that put the Aggies up by ten and and doesn't do it stuffed deep in its own territory. And it's like oh this is over and then Utah State misses a field goal and then everything goes wrong all at once and San Diego State comes back. But I uh, we 
before we can get to that in in detail, I think Cooper has to be the 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 lead here. He was fantastic. Yeah, he, he yeah. was he, he was he excellent. Was very, he yeah. has he has earned he has earned the starting job. I think without. I've got no question. It's um yeah, it's him. It's him. He it's uh he he has he has um I think he has developed pretty significantly in the course of the last couple months. I think he has fixed a lot of the problems that he was having early on in the season. He is playing with a ton of confidence and he's playing really 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 well. He deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, he he looked so good. The offense looked so good with him out there. He um, I don't know that guys are necessarily playing harder for him uh, than McKay. I, I don't know that I that would be true. I don't know yeah. why that would be true. So I'm not I'm not going to go there. But I I do. There's a noticeable result for for whatever reason. The offense is better with him on the field, or has been yeah. uh, at least at times, and particularly recently. Um, you know, this game included, and and you know, kind of on display here. Yeah. Uh, he he looks very confident like you said it's it's yeah the he, the two touchdown drives are great the the numbers are clearly in his favor at this point in the season um but the big thing that was you know a huge issue early on was he just didn't look comfortable he didn't look yeah um you know he was fidgety he that's gone he looks so comfortable he looks so good he looks like a yeah. very good division one winning quarterback he looks like a bowl eligible quarterback he looks like a and he looked like a conference champion again. I mean, that's what he's been, and that's who he is. Um, he looked great. No interceptions. That's the big thing with Cooper is he always yeah. uh, and, worry and, about getting the, putting the ball in harm's way. And, and he didn't yeah, really right. even – like, there wasn't really even any chances to intercept him. No, he, he not, didn't, no. He just didn't throw those balls, which is what he has needed to do. There was no oh, – he wasn't was forcing so it. Good. If there wasn't something open, he just ran or he threw the ball away, which is what he has needed to do. He's done it. He He has made that adjustment. I will. I'll, I'll say partially in our defense, partially in Blake's defense. Information can change, and you can adjust to information as it changes. Cooper now is not Cooper in September. I. It's information changed. It, it is. It is okay for a, a, a staff for a coach to make a decision based on what they have seen, uh, what they feel is the right decision, and then later for things to have changed for a quarterback to have responded so well to that to that 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 challenge, and to to be playing this well, you can you can adjust. It's not you know, you're not be. I don't think right. I, I don't yeah. think it's hypocritical. It's just being that's that's a that's coaching football. Is sometimes guys get better very quickly. They find confidence. They improve. And the the situation changes. I think the situation has just changed for for Cooper and for for Utah State. I don't think that right. it was retroactively a a bad decision. I think that honestly, it was maybe necessary. And he has he has found a a sense of confidence and, and a lot of confidence. I think in part from playing as you know a guy who's being doubted right he loves that he loves to have the chip on his shoulder and I think it's crucial for him as a as a quarterback to have that I think he has to I think I don't I don't know I I, you know I I don't I don't know that the right word would be that like I don't think Cooper's a front runner I don't think he's that kind of guy I think he has to have something that he is battling against to be at his best and and he He doesn't want the parade and the roses yeah yeah. he wants 
Yeah, he wants you to doubt him. Yeah, and he, he has he's delivered, and information changes. And I think Utah State was correct yep. to make this adjustment. You could I think that the argument that they could have made it earlier is fair. Um, I was not there yet. I am now. I'm ready to now say this, but I'm not going to retroactively say it. Cooper is the right starter now, and that's really the only thing I can rule on because I have new information. <laughs> he's the right yeah. starter now. I think they've made the right decision here. Yeah, so of course the moral of that story is don't bring, uh, you know, don't, Let's not praise Cooper too much. Don't bring him his flower. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cooper's the worst, man. That guy, I've never seen – I have never seen that guy beat Nevada in my life. I've never yeah. seen him throw five touchdowns next week. Um, no. I'd like to see I, him I, try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead and make me like you, Cooper. I'd like to <laughs> – I dare you to, I dare yeah. you to win. Yeah. Uh, no, but this, this guy, he, he has been very good. And I will say, I, I'm with you. I, I'm not going to go back and, and rewrite what I've been saying. Um, and, you know, I will say, I don't think I've ever been too particularly hard on Cooper. I, I've, I've liked him all along. I think yeah. he's, I think him getting benched all along, it said more about McKay than it did about Cooper. He definitely struggled and had a rough time uh, throughout that. You know, he had some rough games and stuff, but that's, uh, that's football. Um, yeah. I, I do think, you know there are there are some valid questions going forward, and these are probably off-season questions. These are these are there is something bigger going on, and it goes back to the fact that we have had musical chairs at the quarterback position basically since day one of Blake uh, Blake Anderson being here. Yeah, um, and I understand that. I I get it. Uh, things change. Bonner was healthy, then he wasn't, and then he was, and then you know Peasley left, and then it was. Uh, Bonner was back, but was he, you know, he wasn't healthy. And now it was Cooper versus McKay. And I get it. I, I've been there. I've been there for the whole ride. I, I was there. I, I get the context. Yeah. Um, but that is an issue. You can't have that year in, year out. Um, and yeah, McKay, I still do think has a very, very high ceiling, probably a higher ceiling than Cooper. Yeah. Just because of the fact that he's a freshman and Cooper is a senior. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, Cooper is who he is. I don't think he's going to get, uh, even right now, as he's improved a lot since, you know, a couple weeks ago when he was getting benched, mm-hmm. he's not playing any better now than I think the best Cooper we've ever seen. He's just returning back to, yeah. you know, what we all knew he could do. Yeah. Um, so that's the ceiling. We're, we're at the ceiling with Cooper. The the ceiling with McKay is is unknown yet. And I think that's the some of the appeal with McKay. Yeah. But that was the decision yeah, initially. That was, that was a decision. Yeah. and. If, and now we're sitting here without a red shirt for McKay. And I understand the frustration. And I understand that there's been guys that were riding with Cooper the whole time that want to say, I told you so there's guys that are, you know, hindsight's 2020. So there's guys that are kind of flipping and, and yeah, saying like, like me, I don't know. I, yeah. You know what? I'll just say, I don't know. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I, Cooper, and I will say like, yeah, I, I think, do know. I, I get it. I get the frustration. I think Cooper's the right guy now. And yeah. I think, I think he's putting us in a really, really good position to win out and and play in and win a bowl game. I think he's he's putting our conference or our our team's goals outside of the conference championship back into play, and that's huge. That's what we need him to do right now. Yeah. Um. There are you know, and, and again, like I said, it's probably an off season conversation that we need to have at some point. There are other questions, and I just I understand the frustration and I understand the ongoing conversation that will happen around the quarterback position. But yeah. for now, it's Cooper, and he's yeah. the guy. Yeah, for now it's Cooper, and 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 he's the guy, and I think he deserves that. You know, pretty clearly deserves that spot. There is a a, a sense to to me. Um, I was 
uh, <laughs> not uh, not received very well when I asked about the confidence of the <laughs> offense around Cooper uh, on on Monday, which I thought was yeah. a fair question, given that the offense that has played better when Cooper's on the field in the last that was couple. A very weeks. fair question. Um, that, I didn't uh, I didn't think I was wasn't really trying to put yet. McKay down. I was more talking about how Cooper has played well. Um, there is a confidence to the offense that I see that I perceive uh, as as increased when Cooper's on the field, which is not. Like a huge mystery, I don't think he's older. He's he's been here. They've played with him. Well, they, he's more experienced. I mean, yeah, and he's think... calm, right? Like he's 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 playing with a lot yeah. of confidence, and that spreads around. Whereas like McKay has been really good, but he's also a freshman. And the yeah. the reason yeah. that he was put in there was because Cooper wasn't playing with that confidence. If Cooper has that confidence, it's not a it's not a debate. He's the senior. There was a reason he was the starter coming into the season. Like it was a it's a confidence thing, and and I, I think it does extend to the rest of the offense. You see guys just playing more freely. You see guys playing with more poise, and that is something that comes usually yeah. from the quarterback. Yeah, I think Cooper plays like a senior, and McKay plays like a freshman, which is you know yeah. When he do, when Cooper does expected. that, yeah. When Cooper does that, there's but, not an argument to be had. It's just that he wasn't doing it earlier in the season, right? And <laughs> when Cooper is on the field, the team plays like a team led by a senior, and McKay, you know, vice versa. He, he, when the team plays like a team led by a freshman, yeah, that's fine. Cooper's a senior, McKay's a freshman. That's not a bad <laughs> thing. That's yeah. I'm just saying facts. Like that's yeah. that is just literally. There's yeah. not a lot of facts. You know, there's a lot of opinion on this show. There's a lot of things that we talk about. What we feel like we see. Yeah. That is just that's. Look at look at look him up on on ESPN. Look him up on the the USC website. The, it, that's their year in school. That's that's just a fact. Yeah. Cooper yeah. plays like a senior, and the team plays like a team led by a senior when he's on the field. And I, I think that's that's fair and that's accurate. That's I see. I thought so too. And good. <laughs> Yeah. I, th- I, I thought I so you. too. I agree, <laughs> but uh, I, I I digress. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Blake disagrees a little bit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> trying to cut you off in that press conference, but that was, that was weird. Listen, that was listen, weird. folks who listen to the press conference and folks who listen to this podcast, I did the best I could. Okay, I I, I asked the question that I know you all wanted me to ask. I did it. Oh my gosh! I, it's it's okay. I'm an adult. I can handle it. <laughs> Oh, wow! Man. What did he say? What did he, uh, 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 noticeable to you? Yeah, something like that? Like, yeah, noticeable oh, to you. God. I was asking about the confidence of the offense around a, a veteran quarterback, and How noticeable to me. You? I don't know. A, it looks pretty what noticeable. An insulting question. It scored um, scored two touchdowns in the second half. It was pretty. Well, if it's any consolation to you, Patrick, it's noticeable to me too, and uh, it's I yeah. think noticeable to a lot of people. But so, well, that's so, neither. So neither here nor there. We'll, we'll keep that in between us. Uh, yeah. We won't. And our and our dear listeners. We'll keep that between and us and our, our dear and listeners. Our dear, you dear all listeners. just have to promise to be cool. Um, everybody just be cool, <laughs> and we'll keep we'll keep the we'll keep the fun rolling. Um, yeah. yeah. So I I think that's the Cooper talk. I, I he he was excellent. He yeah. was he was outstanding. Yeah. He went and won the game, and that was what Utah State needed him to do. He yeah. had the the I, I think one of the best throws I have seen from him. This season, and honestly, in general, on the 50-yard touchdown pass to Jalen Royals, that was on oh, yeah. the money. Oh, yeah. um, it was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful ball. Long way um, to throw a ball. Yeah, and, just, and, and then the, uh, the, the 18-yarder to Terrell Vaughn in the first overtime period that went 
it looked like he was trying to throw the ball out of the stadium. It went so high, but then it just landed right into his hands. I don't. I that was a it was a crazy throw. Um, and it was perfect. It was perfect. It was it was an yeah. unconventional way to solve the problem, and it worked. <laughs> and I like that. I like a yeah. quarterback who solves problems. Um, yeah, thinking outside the box. Yeah, he was great. He he was he was fantastic. I thought the receivers played really well, specifically obviously Terrell Vaughn and and Jalen Royals, who were up at the top yep. for yards and both had a touchdown. Both had eight receptions. Um, I will uh, on the offense on the receiving core side. I don't have a ton to go into detail on. I just want to shout out uh, first reception of the season for Josh Sturzer. Uh, could not be happier for him. Um, he has had just a, a brutal off season and a, a brutal stretch of of injuries here. Yeah. I, I know that there is, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's uh, nobody on the team who deserves it more to be on the field and to be, to be making plays and being involved with all that he has, uh, all that he has had to work through. Um, just really happy for him to, to see him on the field. I think he took 20, 22 snaps. Um, he's a really good player, and it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's, oh, it's. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be good for Utah State to have him down the stretch. They've not. Like, you know, Brock Lane has has done really well and, and I think has handled himself as the lone tight end really well. That's not how they want it to be. They want those two to, to platoon. They want them to be, you know, fresh. Um, and uh, just really good to see Sturzer involved and, and seeing, him, seeing him back on the field. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's, uh, yeah, the senior from Salt Lake City. He went to Taylorsville High. He's been at Utah State his whole, whole career. Um, just a stud. He's... It's so good to see him back and he's he's very good yeah um it'll be very nice to see him lined up with brock lane getting those two guys in action um one note on brock lane did you notice this is so off the wall this is uh. a this is what well, <laughs> this would not have been brought up if we recorded during the day <laughs> did you notice um petros on the broadcast call brock lane block lane oh my god I did. I Dude, did. It was it was awesome. <laughs> I am so glad you noticed that. It was it was that first reception that he made and it clear as day block lane. Yeah. I re I like I had to go back and rewind. Yeah. I was like, there's no way. He just misspoke. No. Yeah, no. He like straight up called him block lane. Yes. I'm like, yes. That's it's right. catching on. That's that's, that's right, absolutely. Petros. Petros gets it, baby. <laughs> I'm so glad you got that. That uh, was so yes. sick. Yeah. Petros oh, cracks me awesome. up because he does sound like Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> he gets on the mic and he does sound like Gilbert Gottfried. And uh, I like to have that dynamic on a, on a broadcast. But he's so good. I really like Petros calling the game. He's, yeah. He's good. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> but He does a yeah, good job. Yeah. That was – that was, and, and we don't just say that because he was using the, the nickname that we like for yeah. Broadway. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, else elsewhere on the yeah, offense, right yeah, elsewhere on the offense, I don't have a ton else to add. I thought the rushing game was pretty good. Um, the the yards per carry stuff is not great because they had a bunch of uh, they they gave up a bunch of tackles for loss. They had the five sacks yeah. they allowed as well. But if you you know factor that out, which you can't do, football involves the bad plays as well. But they gained mm -hmm. 208 yards on 44 rushes. Um, Devon Booth was uh, 13 carries, 77 yards, and a touchdown. He had the 19-yarder near the end of the game in the fourth quarter. Um, I guess not. It was early on in the fourth quarter. But uh, Robert Briggs, great to see him getting more involved. I thought this was the best game he's played this season. Nine carries, 59 yards, and a touchdown. He had yep. the 20-yarder in so. overtime, ultimately the game winner. Uh, and then Rasul Faison, kind of a quiet night for him, but 10 carries, 30 yards. Um, I thought he was pretty good as well. I, I, I like the the relatively even split of carries for those three. I thought all three handled themselves pretty well in this game. 
Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, a, kind of a quiet night for for Faison. Um, same same could be said of Micah Davis, who only had two receptions and 15 yards. Uh, he's been, uh, I think, I think Micah Davis is just kind of. Uh, he he's a symptom, you know. It's just a symptom of being on the same team as Trevon and the Royals. He's yeah. very good, but uh, he will he will get his time later. But kind of a quiet night from him, and certainly from Faison. But I mean, if 10, 10 carries and thirty yards is your quiet night, you're you're doing yeah. something really good, um, and you're on a good team that can run the ball well. Yeah, um, Booth and Briggs as well. I think, as you said, Briggs probably his best night of the year so far, averaging just over six and a half yards a carry. Very good stuff. I mean, that's. Yep. that is what you want from a running back. You want him to be able to get to first down territory. Yep. If you're if you're giving the ball to Robert Briggs and he's getting you six yards, oh, that makes your job so easy as a coordinator and as a quarterback because you are you're picking up yards. That is good, good stuff. Yeah. And then of course a touchdown. Booth had one as well. Great night on the ground. Um, it, it was it was, yeah. I don't have too much to add on the offense as well. It was just uh, it was good. Good yep. to see some of those guys get involved. Um. It was, it was fun. Yeah, defensively, I I think save for a couple of the big plays, um, the the Lucky Sutton run being the biggest one. But yeah, in the fourth huge. quarter, there were a couple. There was a 19 yard completion. There was a 24 yard completion. There was a 25 yard run on the drive that set up the field goal, which was uh, real dicey there for a minute. It. it Kind of looked like San Diego State was going to drive down and win the game. Um, And uh, Utah State manages to hold them to a field goal, send it to overtime. Um, But I I think largely outside of the big plays, which again, you can't take away the big plays, but uh, they're just a couple couple bad plays. um, And then I think mostly a lot of pretty good ones. I I, I thought the defense in general was was pretty good here. It was not the usual way that they're good. They did not... um, it was not a ton of havoc. I don't think they had. I don't think there were any turnovers in, in the game. Uh, no, there was the one intercept. Well, yeah, there was a there was a pretty well, big yeah, one. Well, there was yeah. a pretty big one at the end of the game. But through yeah. the run of the game, there was not a ton of havoc. It was not really, you know, chaos defense. They were more just. And and Blake said this after the game. It was it was not really flashy plays. It was just being in the right spot and making a play, which is sometimes what you need to do uh, as a, as a defense. I was I was saying a couple days ago, like, Devin Dye had the quietest nine tackles you will ever see. And that, for a redshirt sophomore safety who's starting at the at the FBS level for the first time in his career, that's fantastic. That You can, t- you can have nine tackles, and I don't really notice you, right? He was just yeah, there yeah, making there plays in the right spot, and he, that's, that's great. Um, you know, I, I thought the defense in general was, was pretty good. I, I, I thought Dye played pretty well. Ike obviously we're, is gonna. He's got his own little category here on our on our recap run. Yeah. Um, yeah. MJ Tafisi prolific as always as a tackler. Um, one guy who specifically stood out to me as as playing another guy who I think played his best game as an Aggie pretty clearly. Uh, Logan Peely, eight tackles, two tackles for loss, one sack. Uh, we talked about him in a in a fairly negative light after the San Jose State game in which he didn't play well, and I I think he maybe wasn't quite ready for that that bulk of snaps uh the bye week did him good they are they are making progress with him because he was so much better in this game he was so much better so much more on task in the right place making plays i thought he played uh, infinitely better in this game he looked like a different guy yeah i I would i would go okay that that is very true he was very very good um i would also say paul fitzgerald had a night like that to me i think he was just um a little bit of a quiet night, but he yeah. seemed to be in the right place at the right time, just a lot. And yeah. when you're 
when you're doing your job on defense, a lot of times it means you're not getting your name called because you're you're doing your job to the point where you yeah. know the play is going away from you and you're not. You know, I but I thought Paul Fitzgerald did a great job. I, I would Holly, say I, I would say Holly. I would say Holly yeah. as well. Holly was Holly, like that Matuwaka too. Holly yeah. had a very very good night. He had one play where he. Uh, almost caught a sack, but forced the incomplete pass. That I think was actually, you know, the play didn't end up counting because uh, I think we, it was called back for a penalty. But like a very, yeah. very good night for him. He was finding his way in the backfield. Um, he had a great night as well, and one that you know Holly doesn't get his name called as much as he should have this game, but uh, looked very, very good. Yeah, and, and that is that is part of the the progression that you want to see from a young defense is that they can have. A, a a quiet night that's good that they can have a night yeah. where they're just yeah. doing stuff generally they are just doing their jobs <laughs> they're just in the right place there's not a ton of of breakdowns there were the big plays like i mentioned and those were not those were not good but if you can limit those if you can mostly play well and mostly do your job you are going to mostly produce good results and mostly mostly good results would be a vast improvement because the big bursts of awesome followed by a bunch of bad is not going to yield the same positive results as just generally being good generally being good generally being in the right place is the the way to play college football defense it's the only proof that is the most sustainable way to do it is just do your job be in the right place yeah and I, yeah. I think a lot of the young guys were. Um, Cindy Tuiaki as well, only one tackle was a tackle for loss. I thought was in the right place. I thought he, he did his job well. Avante Dickerson had a fairly quiet night. Um, just that was that was my takeaway in general on the defense. And there's not a ton to not a ton to dive into on that. And that's not that's not really bad news. They were just I thought they were workmanlike. They just they looked yeah. they looked more prepared for this game, like a lot more prepared. And San Diego State's offense is not good, but I thought they were they were doing things that can translate to better offenses. I think so too. And I, I want to give a little bit of a shout out to Joe Coth. And I think there's been times um, where we've rightfully kind of pointed out that he, he gets a little too fancy with it, tries to do things that are, are a little bit weird. Um, and th- this is a great game plan. Just be, you know, be disciplined and let the guys play with confidence and get to the ball, do what they do. Well, it's a very talented team. You just have to get in the, get out of the way and let them do what they do. And I thought they, had a good game plan that was conducive for for that and like you said i think yeah. it translates to better teams we've seen that with against better teams and it's you know it's the same style of play is just playing to your own strengths and just getting to the ball getting to the ball fast hitting yeah. hard wrapping up it was good i liked yeah. it yeah fresno state and air force and wyoming and those teams they're not doing anything crazy they're just yep. playing ball they're just getting out of the way yeah. letting those guys play i think with a young defense that is the right adjustment is to to recognize that you've got to get you got to get the basics before you can do anything fun um and this was a basics game and that is that is what they needed i i think that the san jose state game was too much dip on the chip i think it was just you could see it looked like the guys were were thinking about too much and you don't want defenders you don't want football players thinking during the game that is not that should not be a part of the the equation you just got to go and play especially with a defense that is talented and that that can handle itself just give them some basics and let them work within that and stuff that they're comfortable with i I think that's the right adjustment to make for these guys yeah i agree i agree all right let's talk about ike let's finish it out here with ike um well let's go um before we get to ike let's let's do a quick transition through special teams let's take a detour okay, okay. getting to ike i think th- this should have gone in offense i this is off off topic i'm off task i'm all over the place <laughs> um <laughs> uh the trick play on 
on special teams where uh-huh. we direct snap to Anthony Switzer. Yeah. And he runs for four yards. That's all I want to say. That's yeah. It. Yep. That's my comment. Yep. That was awesome. It was good. Wearing a different number specifically, I think, for that play. <laughs> I think I think that's why. I really think that's why. It was yeah. that was weird. That I, was awesome. I don't I know. I thought it was a mistake. Else, yeah. When I saw the direct snap, I was like, oh crap, they just snapped the ball to Switz. Like yeah. on accident. Yeah. <laughs> and then but like it awesome. was yeah, nice. I, I would say you 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 could see a, a very good uh, contrast here bef- between a well-prepared special teams unit and a not very well-prepared special teams unit with regards to trick plays because San Diego State yeah. had a couple yep. that were really bad. When, when, and, when and a spe- that is how we will be – that's how we will land on Ike Larson. That's yeah. how we will get to him. Because, yes. Um, yeah, as, as you were saying, San Diego State runs two. Um, and, like, imagine being a head coach or imagine being a football player and thinking we are going to outsmart a team – that has a guy named Ike Larson it, on it. It's such a disastrously what bad idea. What is wrong with you? It's Are such you a bad kidding idea. Uh, what? It is like imagine uh, have these guys watched zero film? Uh, zero? You just can't you, like you you have to accept when you go into a game playing against Utah State with Ike Larson you aren't going to get away with it on special teams. It's no. not going to work. He'll know. It's going to know. You're not going to sneak it offense, past like, him. If you are on a football <laughs> field, like here's just here's just a little like a little cheat sheet for anybody. A little uh, little like you know, take this home. This write this down. If you are on a football field, and Ike Larson is also on that football field, you are not the best player on that football field. Yeah. You are not yeah. going to pull. You are not going to trick this guy. Yeah, you're not going to pull one over on him. Like, yeah, well, <laughs> this guy is. This guy is everywhere. Yeah. And you think you're going to get by him on a trick play? Uh, no way. Especially a so special the one, teams. The one fake a special where teams they try trick to, play. Oh my. Yeah, God. I mean it's that an is insult. So <laughs> they try to fake punt, and Ike Larson just gets there so fast. And it was funny because on on TV they were like, "Wow, he just really read that." And I'm like, "Nope, that's just where he would have been anyway." Yeah. Like. As soon as the ball is snapped, Ike just spawns into the backfield. Like, yeah. He teleports there. He's going to be there. That is the worst play you could possibly draw. Yeah. It, 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 that was it, awesome. It boggles the mind that you would come to the conclusion watching Utah State's special teams <laughs> tape. You would think not not one, but two trick plays. Oh, time they to, ran it twice. What are you doing? Come Ike on. blew it up both times, right? Was it? I think so. I believe it was uh, Ike. Yeah, I, I mean, believe it was Ike both times. Oh my goodness! I just don't really driving the it, point. Home. Utah State plays with the, it's like playing with twelve guys on the field on special teams. With yeah, Mike. it is just He's it's so good. It's so wildly ill advised. I don't know whatever the process was that got them to that place. They need to reconsider that process. <laughs> it was not. It's yeah. like the 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 I don't know the exact quote, but the line in, at the end of No Country for Old Men, where he's talking about if you, if the rules you followed brought you here, what does it say about the rules? <laughs> like if if yeah. if, uh, if if yeah. the rules that you follow as San Diego State and special teams brought you to two separate uh, trick plays that were blown up by Ike, Ike Larson, you should reconsider your rules. <laughs> you should give some yeah. more thought to that because that is yeah. not good. That is not a good I'm... idea. I'm looking oh. now to see if Ike was the special teams player of the week. Uh, he was not. He Okay, so he was a defensive player of the week, which yeah. is, that's fine. That's fair and accurate. Yeah. Um, and you're not going to make him both, probably, so that's fair. Um, yeah. Malik Sherrod. Hmm. 
Is that is that how he, you say it from Fresno yeah, State? The he, junior I, running back. I think he might have had a kick return, if memory serves. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, he 95 had ninety-five yard kick. Yeah, yeah. So that's okay, fair. that's fair. Give it to him. Right, um, right at the end of the half, too. We're going to talk about that game take, in a little bit, but right. I'll, I'll at take the defensive end of the player of the week for Ike. Um, yeah, probably he's fair. So, so good. He's so good, and and so he does that. He 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 blows up those plays. And then, uh, of course, always the showman. Uh, the flashiest play of the game, the biggest play of the game, is the final play of the game. Fourth and four, San Diego State sets up, uh, tries to go to, I think they had trips um, going off of memory here. They had trips to one side of the field, tries to get a, a quick little outbreaking route, um, and, uh, you know, hoping that they could take advantage of what was uh, before the snap a fairly significant gap between Ike and the guy who was running the route. That is, again, that's not gonna that's not gonna work. It doesn't work yeah, like that's it, a fantasy. It doesn't work like that. It just it just doesn't work like that. You've got two years of tape on this guy. It doesn't work like that. When he sees the route, he's going to be on it. Um, he did have on the, in the previous overtime. He had a he had a, a I think there was a busted coverage on on the touchdown that was uh, Ike took Ike took credit for it. Um, and, and so they they managed to get one on a downfield shot. I cannot imagine he was the only one involved with that coverage busting. Um, but in man coverage specifically he man coverage is where he is at his his absolute best um and when you think you have a cushion uh, uh in in man coverage with ike you don't you just don't you yeah, don't especially yeah. when you're throwing to the far side of the field with jalen maiden at quarterback and jalen maiden i think played really well oh. here um yeah. he does not yeah. he's not going to beat ike he's not the ball's not going to get there before no. ike does and no. That was exactly how it played out. The ball got there, and Ike was already there. Um, and he <laughs> knocked it into the air and caught it and continued running without breaking stride. He deflects the pass, bounces it up into the air, catches it, and then runs another 60 yards. Uh, and uh, that's the end of the game. That is the end of the football game because you uh, you threw on uh, on Ike and man coverage on fourth and four with the game on the line. And that is, uh, you cannot possibly pick a worse time to throw at Ike. If the game is on the line, you just, you need to go to the other side of the field. You cannot have him involved in any way because he's going to win the game. That's what he does. <laughs> that's, the, yeah. that's his thing. He he wins the game. That's, that's you, yeah. what are you doing? You're, you're poking the bear here. What, fool very very silly decisions from san diego state that cost them this game where yeah, you're, just, you're just time to pick I, I, time I, I to larson, pick at the best guy on the field what are you doing why yeah come on ike larson has a pick against bryce young you yeah. think jalen maiden is <laughs> is above throwing a pick to this guy in man-to-man coverage especially thrown to the opposite side of the field ike larson isn't a cornerback he's a he's a wide receiver at that yeah point. like he will come down with the ball like yeah. that is just if you think you see something against Ike Larson, no, you don't. No, no, you don't. Like, look the other way. Like, don't throw <laughs> to that side of the field. What are you doing? Oh man, um, it is. Yeah, why? It, it poor again, preparation. Why? They... Why do you think? Don't challenge this guy. You yeah. don't have to go against this guy. I mean, this is. It's... You can pick your matchups pretty well in football. Yeah, and don't go is... against this guy. Don't give him opportunities to to be a part of the game because if you do he does this yeah he'll do it he he ends the game if you let i call game he will i can't believe that they that they called it dead as he's returning this it should have been i don't think he stepped out of bounds they should have let him score because i think i I think it was going to be a touchdown i i think it was going to be a touchdown had they not blown it dead i know the game's over it doesn't matter but like 
I think it matters to him. I think he would have really liked to return that for a touchdown based on how he was running. <laughs> I think he would have really, oh, I think yeah, he would have enjoyed yeah, that think, quite a bit to score a touchdown. I think he wanted six. He was, uh, yeah, he was not content. And honestly, uh, okay, here's the thing. Um, the smart thing for him would have been to, to, to yeah, run course. out of bounds. Yeah, um, or just fall down. Just fall, The game's over. Just fall just down. Fall down. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, he's not going to do that. He's not going to do no. that in a million years. <laughs> You you could throw that ball to him a hundred times and he's gonna score. He's going for the touchdown every time. He's yeah, not, yeah. That is not that, that is not a calculation. There's a the the thing that the thing that makes Ike so good is the thing that makes it so that he cannot possibly see that open of a field and not run into it. He's there's the, <laughs> yeah. the the mindset that makes him as good as he is is the reason that he can't go down in that situation. And, and I think. I think everybody in the building at Utah State understands that and understands that there's no point in telling him to go down because that's not going it doesn't that's not going to cross his mind. That's not a considerate. No. He's a he is a gamer. He is he is when the game is on the line, he is going to he's going to make a play and he's not going to stop making a play. He's going to just keep making the play until someone stops him. He's not somebody who goes down. That's not a thing that's going to happen with Ike ever. It is there, no circumstances would he do that. It does it, national championship wins the game with an interception. He's still not going to go down. That's not going to. It's not part of his brain. He's not going to do it. No. Yeah. And, and yeah, <laughs> this is a guy. By the way, he had eight tackles and and one tackle for loss. And we haven't even got to that point. Like we, this guy's so good. Like we 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 spent all this time like talking about one play that he made and it's like he was it, he it was like he's like this all game yeah he's, he's so good he's he's so good I I really and I think that they I think that they are I really hope that people are are cherishing the 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 seasons of Ike that they are getting to watch because he is just a special player he is yep. just he is such a special player he is a a, a rare rare talent. Um, he's so much fun to watch. He's so easy to like, um, just yeah. a, not only a rare talent, but just a rare, just a rare person. I mean, yeah. like, like I said, I've, I've said on the show, like I, we could do, and maybe we will one day because we practically have, like we, I, we could do a full show about Ike Larson and just tell stories just yeah. off the field. Yeah. Um, I of, mean, of this dude, guy. I, he I, is, I'll, I'll tease amazing dude. Yeah. I'll tease this now because i was thinking about it earlier this week uh whenever utah state's season ends which i'm i'm guessing now based on this win will be after a bowl game um i was thinking earlier this week i know what i'm going to write in that cover story and it's just going to be about ike <laughs> it's just going to be ike yeah. it's going to be the ike show because that is like it is he is that he is that level of player that when when you you know and and we've both talked we've talked about this on the show like I I think that he's coming up on his last couple games here as an Aggie because he's going to be a pro he's going to be in the NFL and when that kind of career when that kind of player when it ends I think it deserves a a certain a certain level of of reverence and so I've got I've got that plan he's going to get his own story he's going to get a whole story about just Ike because he is a story he's a story in himself he is such a spectacular player. Um, such a, just, just always good. He has always been good since the moment he stepped on the field. He has been that guy and he's still doing it. He's just, he's just incredible. There is no, there's no way around him as an opposing team. There is no way to take him out of the game plan. He's always there. He's just, he's just always there. He is such an incredible player. Yeah, he's, 
it's it's gonna be fun. I mean, we we have a few more games of him. Uh, well, two more games at home, and it's it's gonna be fun to have him there. And he he genuinely he loves it so much. Like he enjoys it a lot. He's uh, he's just about as true an Aggie as you can as you can ask for. Um, and he's gonna be you you can guarantee he's gonna be enjoying it just as much as we are. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. I think that's all I have on the football game. If you want to, uh, you ready to move on? Let's do it. That's all. Uh, that's all yeah. I got to. All right. Let's talk basketball. Uh, two basketball games to talk about here. Both teams, men's and women's, with season openers on Monday. Um, uh, men's basketball team beats South Dakota Mines one hundred and one to forty eight. The women's ball. The women's basketball team. Um, was pretty close to uh, pretty close to uh, what is it? Cal State Northridge. Yeah, Cal State Cal State Northridge. Uh, late into the game, fought back from a pretty significant deficit, but eventually falls, seventy nine to sixty four. Uh, where do you want to go first here? Uh, let's go women's, and then let's go men's. Okay. Um, so let's let's talk about this women's team. They are, you know, I you know I this is something I wrote about for the act ship this last week. This this is a team that has really really low expectations. Um, and I think that yeah. gives not, this not team necessarily, to... yeah, I'll say not necessarily internally, externally, external expectations right. for this yes, team are yes, not yes. high for obvious yes. reasons. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for that, that clarification. Um, yeah, because they, they have not been good. It's been a long time since we've had a winning season with this team. Um, and I think for me, what that mean, what that tells me is they have an opportunity to surprise a lot of people. Uh, this game was <clears throat> not the way you wanted to start that season, um, you know, falling to, to a team that, Arguably, I mean, it's a Big West team. That's a that's a conference that we've graduated from. Um, granted, yeah. we're we're moving conferences because of football primarily. Men's basketball, I think, moves the needle a, a tiny bit when when you're talking conference realignment. Um, this is a, a, te- a team you wanted to beat, a game you wanted to win, um, but really, uh, it, it really comes down to they just they just couldn't get that offense going. They they were having a really really hard time on offense. Yeah. That second quarter was brutal. They that's when things really really got out of hand. Uh, they dug themselves into a hole, getting outscored like ten to twenty-two that second quarter. Yeah, um, just not a way to compete in the second half, setting yourself up behind the eight ball like that. Uh, and, and like you said, they they fought back. That they had a great third quarter. They they came back and 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 made it a lot more competitive, but just too deep a hole to dig out of, and uh, didn't have the offense to to really get out of it. Yeah, they were in the third quarter pretty early on. They were behind by as much as 20, 48 to 28. Um, yep. And then uh, really, you know, like I said, kind of fought their way back. And, and you know, you, you get some some big points from Sky Miller. You get a uh, really good game in general from, from Bridget Mullings. But she was she was involved, especially in the third quarter. Yeah, um, I was very impressed with, with Mullings. They start to – they get some stuff going. Isabella Tenedo gets going a little bit, uh, starts to hit some shots, and they, they bring it all the way back down to 10 at the end of the third quarter uh, with a, a late jumper from uh, Mullings, um, eh, 56 to 46, and then just can't – can't make up the rest of that ground in the fourth quarter, eventually falling. Um, I think it's a game with pretty pretty clear, you know, things to point out that didn't go well. They they didn't shoot the ball especially well, uh, specifically no, it was, uh, specifically bad. in the first half. The first half shooting was not good. Uh, the second half shooting was a little bit better. Interestingly enough, they shot much better in the fourth quarter than they did in the third, which was when they made up that ground. They were only 38.9% shooting in the third quarter. It was more getting to the getting to the free throw line, getting more shots up. Uh, they they got they had 18 shots in the third quarter. Um, 
I think they, they grew into the game a little bit. Uh, there are a couple pretty glaring stats here. 0 for 14 from 3 is not going to cut it, uh, especially yeah, that's, when that's, you're that's uh, against a good. team that shot 31 threes. And granted, Cal State Northridge only hit 9 of them, which is not very good. But uh, 0 for 14 from 3 is not going to cut it. I would also imagine that's probably not going to happen a ton. I think that they have shooters on the team who can knock down some threes, and they just weren't... They just weren't really falling here. Um, yeah. Fourteen of twenty-five at the free throw line, also not good. Not gonna, not gonna do it. Um, they did win the rebounding battle, which I think is good. That's been a big focus for them. Uh, the other thing here that is that is not terribly positive: ten assists to twenty-three turnovers. That can that contributes a lot to the offensive issues. It was it was there yeah, were a lot of turnovers here. It's a very bad ratio. It, well, it's a lot of turnovers and it's not a lot of assists. I mean, yeah. there are. Um, 10 assists is what you expect a good point guard to get not yeah. not a team um that that's a ratio that's got to change 0 for 14 if you're shooting 0 for 14 from behind the arc um you are not going to win a lot of games especially when you combine that with just over 50 percent from the free throw line um so a lot of really really glaring issues but there were there were uh, there were good things about this team too there were really good things uh things to be excited about the rebounding yeah. was great the points in the paint was great they had uh i think 40 44 points in the paint i think yep 44 um, yeah 44 they, to 34. they really dominated the post <clears throat> you know winning that rebounding battle like you said uh scoring in the paint uh you know they were uh the the matadors were more inclined to shoot the three but they did hold them to 34 points in the paint themselves so um their post defense was was okay yeah so there's there's things that <clears throat> there's things that you can be excited about and you know the the zero for fourteen is not that's not going to happen again. You you can't have that that that'll bounce back. And so you, I think you're in a good position to maybe, you know, you you fix some of those shooting woes, get those uh, you know those jitters out of the way, and yeah, you have something here. You know, you you yeah. change you change the shooting at the line, you change it you know the three point shooting, and you you have something going here. So I'm I'm excited to see what they can do coming back home. Yeah, uh, they have uh, East Carol uh, uh, East Washington uh, on Friday. Yeah, and yeah, I, I think that there is stuff here that you can you can say serves potentially as a foundation for things that can work in the future. Points in the paint, getting to the free throw line. They had twenty five free throws. Um, that is that's sustainable. You can do that. You can you can build something around a, a team that can get to the line, a team that can score in the paint. Um, winning the rebounding battle is a is a, a huge huge deal for this team. That was such a massive problem last year for this team. To be able to do that is a big deal. Um, and, and we mentioned her earlier. I think this is the last uh, the last big note that I have. But I do want to specifically uh, mention the stat line here for Bridget Mullings, who was fantastic. Six of eight shooting, five of six at the stripe, which is very very good. Uh, she had a double double, ten rebounds, seventeen points. Also had three steals. Um, I thought she was really good. I thought she played really well. I think that they have a, I think they have a player with her. I think Sky Miller can be a player Absolutely. for them. I think that they, there are some pieces here that you can, you can see, you can see the idea. You can also see, you know, things like Isabella Tenedo having four thousand <laughs> in eleven minutes, and Ivory Finley having four thousand twenty-eight minutes. Yeah, like you gotta, huge problem. the fouls are are out of control <laughs> for a couple of these players. You gotta, yes, you gotta yeah, tone absolutely. them in, and and this has been. 
uh, Isabella last year, it was kind of, it, it kind of became a running thing that she would come in for five minutes and give you 5,000 and then she would leave. <laughs> that was the thing yeah. that, that was, that was her job was that she would come in and foul five times and then she would leave. I don't know that you need that player on your, I don't know that that's a role you need to have. I think that she should be doing something yeah. else that isn't just coming yeah. in and fouling four find times. A, find, some, find a different job uh, for sure. I, I do want to add one more note to the line, uh, Bridget Mullet line, uh, Bridget Mullings line. Um, with, I, I, it's very notable to me that she had no turnovers. Yeah. Uh, on a team that gave up 23 turnovers, she did a great job protecting the ball, only had one personal foul. Yeah. Again, 18 fouls on the team. Uh, so she did a great job of avoiding some of the uh, the follies that her teammates fell into a little bit. Um, and then, of course, everything you mentioned was, was impressive as well. Yep. All right. Let's talk about the men's game here. Men's team, as I said, wins 101 to 48. I am in the process of writing the cover story for this now. That will be out... Um, I'll just say Wednesday morning because I don't know when that will be relative to when this is posted. Wednesday morning. Um, but uh, it's I don't really know where to start with this. It was good. <laughs> it was it was good. It was a good performance from Utah State. Um, anytime you beat a team with that kind of margin is generally a pretty good performance. They led at one point by as many as 58 points. There was uh, there were several up by 50 chance in the spectrum, which I had not. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard that one before. That's a big number to be yeah, up by. That, um, that is a very big number, yeah. Yeah, and it was, uh, I think the score is fair to the game. It was It was dominant. It was totally dominant. It was dominant on both ends. They <clears throat> shot almost 63% from the field, uh, holding South Dakota Mines to 28.6%. Um, I will uh, obviously bears couching this in saying that South Dakota Mines is not a particularly good D2 team. This is, I, I think the thing that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write about this in the cover story, I think the thing that, that, that people are so excited about is that this is what a good team does to a bad team um, and, and the, the potential of that, right? You can, you can extend that out when you have not seen this team play anybody that isn't a D2 opponent and they're going to get a, a big one on Saturday against Bradley. And that's, that's going to be a pretty significant step up in competition. But this was to me, I, I think that the biggest thing that I took away is that is what a good team does to a bad team. They ripped them apart. It was not, it was not an issue. They just tore right through them. Yeah. They, they look so good. I think Mason Falslev is looking, uh, he's looking like you want him to. He is yeah. looking so good. The offense looked a lot better than I think, uh was expected a little bit um the defense was great i mean obviously yeah we kind of expected the defense to be good we 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 don't know what we're getting from this offense we really don't it's yeah i mean we we've talked about it before you don't return anything from this team from last year uh it's kind of just patchworked together and i think it looked really good it looked i mean you you have dudes that are way too big to move as quick as they do. Yeah, yes. guys like Mason Falslev. It's it's very fun that the offense is <clears throat> looking like and again against a bad opponent, but you're seeing some you're seeing things that will translate to better opponents on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, like 26 assists. That's that's a really oh, yeah. really great number, and you're not going to do that against most teams. But that is a that is a the the thing that that's, that Danny Sprinkle talked about a little bit in the in the post game, as did Josh Aduje, who had a great game, eight of eight shooting, nineteen points. Can't really do it a whole lot better than that. Yeah. Um, and uh, but the the thing that both of them kind of talked about is, you know, habits is is showing good habits is is showing the right 
intent was was what sprinkle said is is that they played with the right intent they weren't it wasn't sloppy i don't think ever even when they had you know the 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 guys at the end of the bench in the game for the last five or six minutes really everybody was engaged they were doing the stuff oh, that absolutely. they were that they were supposed to be doing um they were moving the ball around 26 assists again is is a, a really really good number and you're getting it from a lot of places darius brown is going to be I think right up there at the top of the assist board pretty much every game, but he had seven here. Mason adds five. You get four from Great Osabar, who's going to get. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to talk about him a little bit on his own because he is his own he is his own guy, and I think deserves that <laughs> deserves that kind of treatment for this game. Um, and and you just you see guys moving the ball around. You see the extra pass. You see them. The offense is not going to be the well-oiled machine that it was under Ryan Odom. It's a different system. It's a very different system. This is a team that wants to win with defense, and the offense that it gets is, um, you know, nice. It's nice to have, but they want to win with defense, and they want to they want to create fast breaks, and they want to score that way. And and you know, offensively, it's going to be right now, especially it's it's fairly baseline. It's fairly simple. They're trying to keep it pretty easy for the guys, not thinking too much, just letting them go win with talent and athleticism. Um, and I thought they did that. I thought they did that really well. And I think that the the thing that I saw offensively that I liked uh, the, the most, and that I think can translate the best, is you see unique skill sets. You see athletes. You see guys who it doesn't matter the the level of competition you see the way that they move and you know oh well yeah that'll that'll work that's a that's a very good division 1 athlete that's a guy who can play in the mountain west that's a guy who can be an upper level athlete in the mountain west guys like great Osabar, um I thought Isaac Johnson is moving well for how big he is I mean he's 7 feet tall running around you know switching on to guards um Mason is just a, a a ball of muscle. <laughs> he is he's so explosive well, he, and, he's a, and he's a bowling ball. Yeah, yeah it, he he looks yeah. I mean, he looks like a football player. <laughs> he looks yeah, like a, yeah, he looks like yeah. a guy who was one of the best football players in the state a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> jo- I wonder why. He, wonder yeah, why he looks like that. <laughs> Hard to know. Um, Josh Uduji is is just freaky, just a freaky athlete. Um, long speed, but also able to to move around in in small areas in a way that he probably shouldn't for how long he is um Khalifa Sacco is a shot blocking machine you just you see you see the the athleticism and and I think the athleticism really shown through and this is without Max Ogbongpolo who's a fantastic athlete this is without Garrison Phelps who's a fantastic athlete Ian Martinez no idea what the situation is with that I don't think uh I don't imagine Utah State is especially pleased that it still has no clarity at all on his waiver process. Um, uh, he's a good. Don't he's get me started on that. He is a he's a fantastic athlete. I'll tell you. I don't know yes. if you're going to get to see him this year. He's a fantastic athlete. They have depth of athletes, and they have guys who have unique skill sets. They have unique sizes, um, and, and that will when you're playing against better teams, that will still apply. You can still do that. You can still have those athletes. I think it will probably be a lot less pretty offensively against a team like Bradley that can, you know, keep up a little bit more athletically. But Utah State has, I, I think, pretty clearly the athletes and the size to to just bully some teams. And that's really what they want to do. They want to be the they want to be the villain, right? They, 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 they want to, they want to knock you off the ball and they do that defensively, but offensively that athleticism plays the same way. If you can't guard a guy to the rim, he's going to get to the rim. Yeah. Yeah. It, 
I, I think, yeah, the way you said it, Utah State's going to bully a lot of teams. Like, that's just, yeah. they, they, they looked like they were playing bully ball at times. And I know that that was, I know it was a team that is not yeah that good. But, yeah, it's, they're still, this team is good. They're, they're for, for still college athletes. They are still college yeah. athletes. They're right. not, they're it's, not is kids. Is it Division two? What, yeah. what, what level is it? Is it just D2? Yeah, just D2. Um, was it, so on their you know okay so twitter is not the most reliable source but they uh the south dakota mines twitter account said that it was an exhibition game is was that an exhibition for them and not for us how does that work i'm not entirely sure how that works i think that it's maybe the the way that i understand it is that it's kind of like how uh games against fbs opponents are considered for fcs opponents where if you go and win, great. If you don't win, it doesn't really matter that much for you, right? Because you're still, mm, like, it's okay. not going to be... If you're North Dakota State and you go and lose a competitive game to a, an FBS team, you're not going to get left out of the FCS playoffs because you have an extra loss. Like, mm-hmm. the it's 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 not really... Yeah. It doesn't play in their season, I don't think. I don't, I don't know that a, oh, a D1 okay. yeah, loss really, really matters for them. I don't know that... I don't know exactly why they're calling it an exhibition. I don't know that it is actually that... formally that, but um, so, the the thing that matters for those teams is not these games. These games are to get the, the get the money to take the flight home, basically. The tweet itself is hilarious. So exhibition is capitalized as mm. if it's a proper noun, which it's not. <laughs> also, the photo they attach is definitely the coach just turning around and snapping a quick pick of his team. Mm-hmm. Half his players are like asleep on the bus. Oh, man. And then there's like one dude like vaguely looking past the camera. <laughs> it's amazing. If you're listening to this, go look up the South Dakota Mines men's basketball Twitter and just look at that. Yeah. Look at that tweet. Yeah. Um, it's hilarious. Also, the the this is off topic as well, but Hard Rockers is the greatest oh, yeah. team name possibly it's, ever. That's awesome. so awesome. Yeah. Very uh, cool. When I saw that the first time I had I did like a double take. I was like, Hard Rockers? Really? Is that's that so cool? That's awesome. But yeah. They they have a fan in me. Like the yeah. way the way you feel about Idaho State is how <laughs> I will feel about these guys going forward. I want them to win every single game. These yeah. guys are awesome. Yeah, that's uh that is such a that's such a cool team name. They had some they <laughs> so I cool. Alejandro Rama as well, I thought was really, really good for them. He hit some shots. He had some really crazy shots for them. Yeah, I um, mean like you said, they're they're athletes like they, they were good. Yeah. I mean they were they're they're college <laughs> basketball players. Yeah, they are they're athletes for sure. Yeah, just not quite to the same level that Utah State's are, <laughs> which I think is gonna yeah, be a problem I mean, for several teams that Utah State runs yeah. into this season. And I will uh, I will invite you all now to just bask in that thought. Utah State, I'm telling you right now, I'm not being, this is not me overreacting to one game. I'm telling you this because I've watched a lot of basketball in my life. Utah State is going to out-athletic several teams in the Mountain West this season. Just straight up run yes. them off the floor because they have better athletes. Utah State yeah. is. That's not something you could you can say a lot about the, the history of this program. And they've won a ton of games in spite of that. But... The level of athlete on this team is very different from what I think yes. people have become accustomed to and, and, and in a lot of places very frustrated with. This is a different kind of team. This, the, the way yeah. that they are going to win games is very different, and the things that they can do on the floor are very different. Um, it is just they have a caliber of guy, a caliber of, of, of athlete that is not usually seen in in, in Logan. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really, really fun. They're going to be 
they're gonna be a good team. I mean, this is a very, very good team. Yeah. All right. My last thing. That's on... not an overreaction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I think they're gonna be good. Um. My last thing. I did say I was gonna do the great the great Osabar section. I do want to do the great Osabar section. Um. I am. I'm so. I'm so fully and immediately in on Great Osabar. Um. I. He, he. Wonderful. Wonderful player. Wonderful performance. Uh. This is the first time he had not practiced in like ten days because he had a, a tweaked ankle. My I, I tweaked ankle. I referenced that on a couple, a couple shows ago. Um. He's. He was back for this game. Had not played in the exhibition, so he's still shaking off some rust. Only played eighteen minutes. They didn't really need to play anybody all that many minutes. Darius took twenty. Mason was up at 24. Like, guys weren't taking a ton of minutes in this game, but Great takes 18 minutes, 5 of 10 shooting, 4 of 6 at the stripe, 9 rebounds, drew 6 fouls, 14 points, 4 assists. He did have 4 turnovers. I think that's some of the rust. Also had 2 steals and a block. Um, <laughs> this guy is unbelievable. This is the guy, six foot. it's going to be referenced all season. He's six foot eight, 250 pounds. And it's important to note that because he was playing point guard in the second half. He was beating guys off the dribble to the <laughs> basket, spinning off of them and finishing with his left hand. He was pulling out Shaq moves in the post. He He's... Uh, he's so much fun to watch. He's just such a wonderful player. He's so chaotic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love him. I immediately love him. I was just, just, just at first sight, it's like, oh, this is my guy. This is the exact kind of basketball player who I just cannot get enough of. He's wonderful. Yep. Ugh. Yep. I, I am so sold on, on this guy. I'm, I'm in like, I'm, yep. I'm done. I mean, I've seen enough. Yep. Um, I, I, I kind of feel that way about um, every, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you decide to play basketball on Logan and you've got a fan in me, but oh my goodness, this guy yeah. is, uh, I like this guy. I like this guy a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I like the guy a lot. I liked the defense a lot. I liked what I saw from that defense. I, I really liked what I saw from Mason defensively Four steals. He has, he's bought in, oh, yeah. uh, which is oh, big yeah. time. Um, because you know, very different system. Probably took some doing to get those guys to fully buy in, and they are yeah. they're there. Um, just impressed, really, really, really impressed with the the physicality of the team, with the readiness of the team, with the adjustments from just the exhibition a couple days ago. You see things changing. You see them making little tweaks, um, and you see, I think, a, a group of guys who, from all of the different backgrounds, have have bought into what they are being what they are being asked to do. You see Josh Uduji engaged every single defensive possession off the ball. He's he's denying passes. He is rotating when he needs to. He's doing it every time. He has those habits. This is a guy who has never, ever, ever played on a team that plays defense. He was at a Coastal Carolina team that was not doing anything. They were just out there running around. They were playing they were playing street ball. And to have him Doing that in game one to have those habits in game one, uh, th- that's that's the point I will end on with this. It bodes well. It bodes really well that they are already doing it. That they already have those defensive habits. Um, that is a hard thing to to install, and I, I think that they are in a weird way, kind of benefiting from the fact that they had to bring in all new players because everybody who's here committed to doing this specifically, and you you can see it. You can see that they want to be doing exactly what Sprinkle wants them to do, which, again, it bodes well. It bodes really well. I was very impressed. That's that's absolutely true. It's tough to see that many guys leave, um, but on the bright side, you don't have anyone here that that 
committed to a different system, committed yeah. to a different coach. Kind of, right? I mean, False Love was already here, but like, yes. Yeah. And, and, and that is not a concern yeah. with False Love. He is clearly bought in. Uh, these guys are, this is the team. Like, they, this is what they decided to build. Uh, they came here on their own to play with Sprink, to play in this system. And you can already tell they, they bought in, and I'm, I'm so excited for what they can do. Yeah. And my, uh, I, I'll say also just on the, on all of the 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 guys leaving and i was talking to i was talking to somebody about this last night like i i think it's it's one of those things where like steven ashworth is a phenomenal basketball player he's a phenomenal basketball player i loved watching max shulga sean Barristow, all those guys they were awesome that team was extremely fun to watch extremely good the the way that sprinkle teams play the way that watching this team the way that they play i i would not at all i'm not reporting this i'm just saying based on vibes this is just my feeling i'm not based surprised yeah based on vibes i'm not surprised at all if the conversation in the off season when sprinkle showed up was this is what i do are you interested in that and then a very fair response from guys like steven ashworth of not really because that's not <laughs> really my game it's fine yeah. it's fine it was I, for for utah state fans it was, I understand, very painful in the moment, and it's something that that you know it sucked. It was a it was a bad it was a bad situation, and to see all those guys leave Scary, was a bad situation. Sure. Yeah. But the 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 fit is just it makes more sense with the guys that they have. It just does. Ashworth and would not be very he would, good. In this he system. wouldn't want to do this. <laughs> he wouldn't want to play. Yeah. <laughs> do this. He I don't blame him. I, it's it's it takes a specific kind of guy to want to play this way. And yeah. Stephen Ashworth is a skinny sharpshooter. It's just not, it yeah. wouldn't, it wouldn't, it just wouldn't make sense. It just wouldn't yeah. make sense. And I, I think that as the season goes on, the, the animosity towards the way that that season ended and, and, and towards the, just all of the, the, the mass departures, I think it will fade as, as, as people realize, like, this is very, it's very different. It's very, yeah. very, it really could not be more different within while you're still playing the same sport. I think it, yeah. it I think it is a, 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 a breakup in the moment that was very painful and in the long run will be better for all involved parties. I think it is yeah, just, it I is agree. what it is. I agree. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I'm very impressed with what I've seen from, from this team so far. It's yeah. one game, but very impressed. Yep. All right. Let's talk about the Mountain West football here real quick. We're going to roll through Fresno State 37, Boise State 30. Uh, Boise State, as I referenced earlier, loses uh, number one receiver Eric McAllister to the transfer portal not long after the end of this football game. Uh, Boise State also, of course, loses the football game and is now pretty far behind in the the Mountain West title race, which I think is just about sealed up here. I think there are really yeah. three teams left in that. That would be Fresno State and Air Force up at the top. Not in that order, probably Air Force ahead of Fresno State, given they haven't lost in the conference. Um, and then UNLV needing some help. UNLV does play Air Force, but probably needing some help. Um, I think it's I think it's pretty much down to those three. I think that um, watching this game, Boise State has, I, I will give them credit, has made some improvements. I also think that they kicked a field goal with 39 seconds left in a game that they were trailing by 10. Uh think you're maybe just trying to make the final score look a little bit better there, Andy. I don't yeah. know that that was a yeah. I don't know that that was a wholly necessary yeah, thing to do. We see right through. That. Um, yeah. at, at that point, I guess you could try to get the onside kick, but they didn't do that. Um, Fresno State was better. Fresno State was better. They were they looked like the better team, and they went out and won the game. Um, I, I don't have a ton else to say on on it. They were they were better. I think Boise is um not not terribly far off from what I was what I was thinking they were. 
yeah yeah i i agree um this is just fresno is one of the best teams in the conference boise state is not and yep. and you know that's we that's you know we're boise still on our schedule we're going to talk a lot about them here in the next couple of weeks but that's that's all there is they are they're in a tough spot right now and fresno is very much not in a tough spot they, they are very good yep yep next one here i don't know what to say about this one army oh. 23 air force 3 well i do actually know kind of what to say about this one uh air force fumbled five times lost four of them and threw two interceptions that's i think that's pretty much it i think that is pretty much the ball game you can't do that, especially when you are playing another service academy. You can't do that. Six turnovers is yeah. about five too many in this kind of game. I don't know what happened that, that made that happen. Just one of those days. It was it was really nasty. This was the most surprising thing that I saw all day. This yeah. was three. Like, I saw three points from Air Force. I mean, th- I'm used to that normally. This yeah. year I'm not like this year they're scoring 33. It was it was very wild. Yeah, um, and yeah I, they lose to a not very good army team. I think what a three win army team coming yeah. into this game. Two or three. Oh, yeah, and and, yeah. and 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 the turnovers they really pretty much all of them could not have possibly come in worse times or on worse parts of the field. It was like exclusively when they were about to score or when they were deep in their own territory. It was just a. I think it was just a Murphy's Law game. I think it was just everything that oh, can yeah. go wrong going wrong for for Air Force. It was it was um, yeah. it was a disaster. It was just and, you know one of those. Yeah, luckily for the Falcons, or fortunately for the Falcons, it is a non-conference game, so they are still undefeated in conference. Uh, they you know it doesn't bode well for the Commander in Chief Bowl or the trophy, and for getting to an year is six bowl, it, it probably puts that pretty uh that's yeah. a tough path now getting you know being that highest ranked group of five team yeah so kind of a bummer for the mountain west but i mean they are still i think the best team in the conference and uh and will be in that championship game yep uh wyoming 24 colorado state 15 is up next here um just comprehensive from from wyoming uh i think pretty much the same as it as it has been <laughs> for for these guys not uh, not terribly different from what they have been doing. They held Colorado State pretty much underwater and won comfortably. Not really in question here for them. Yeah, those uh, those rednecks from Wyoming, <laughs> those Hicks. Um, <laughs> throwback, you know, that's a callback yeah. to last show. I'm not. I'm not calling no. them Hicks. I, I we, we, we love the beautiful people of Wyoming <laughs> I, who are the I same love, as the beautiful I people from Fort Collins. <laughs> <The> same people. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, they are the same. I couldn't I couldn't pull them out of a you know the, of a police lineup. They look the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Wyoming Wyoming gets it done. I I don't have much on this game. This is about how I I thought this game would go. Wyoming's just the better team. Uh, Colorado State their their season is starting to uh, yeah. starting to unravel a little bit. It's not going the way they they want it to. Um, but, you know, what yeah. are you going to do? I think they have a guy deficiency. I don't think they have enough guys. They have a couple guys. I think they need more guys. That, that is yeah, my yeah, that's they, my diagnosis for Colorado State. You need to get more guys. You need to get a guy. They're a little, uh, yeah, they're low on guys. Yeah, you need more. Uh, UNLV 56, New Mexico 14, and Hawaii 27, Nevada 14 to close this out. Good for Hawaii. Good win for them. They had been having a really rough go of it, and they get a breakthrough here. Yep. UNLV... Yep. Um, convincing <laughs> i would say not any yeah, uh, not any trouble here good win for them yeah no trouble new mexico's bad <clears throat> the win's not surprising uh scoring 56 is good Th- this unlv team yeah uh, barry odom 
really must want to get out of Vegas. Uh, he, I, he must not like the heat, uh, the desert heat down there. Um, good win for UNLV. Hanging 56 is always great. Um, I, don't, I don't have much on those games. Yep. All right. We'll get out of here. Uh, we will talk to you all on the Nevada preview episode.